0: Welcome to the A-Game Podcast, episode number two. Hope you all have had a phenomenal week. Can't wait to talk some sports with you guys. I'm your host, Aiden O'Neill. On a beautiful day here in Solvang, California. Can't wait to get to all the latest news around the leagues. But I'm going to start by thanking you guys for 91 followers on Instagram and the continuous support. I wouldn't be able to do any of this without you. And just remember to continue to follow, continue to share as much as possible so we can keep this thing rolling. I'm going to start in the MLB. There was a lot of things that went down this week, especially today. The top second baseman and outfielder for the Pittsburgh Pirates is now a San Diego Padre. Now is in the NLS, the best division in baseball, Adam Frazier. Adam Frazier is basically a walking hit. A walking hit. This deal consisted of Adam Frazier and cash considerations going to the Padres for Tusipita Marcano, Jack Lewinsky, and Michael Miliano, I believe, if I pronounce that correctly. This is intriguing for the Padres, but it doesn't fill the main need that I think, which is pitching. I think their pitching has been pretty poor, and I know that has to do with Clevenger being hurt, Lamette, he's hurt a lot too, and just not consistency from Paddock. Paddock has a lot of raw talent that isn't refined, a lot of talent that he hasn't figured out yet. I think with the proper coaches, he could be really, really good, but I don't know if the personnel around him in San Diego is the best fit for him. If I'm the Padres... I get a pitcher such as Kyle Gibson, but I get rid of Paddock. So I get Kyle Gibson and a prospect, get rid of Paddock, because I want to see Paddock flourish somewhere else. The dude, when Clevenger and Lamette comes back, will probably not have a spot in this rotation if they do the necessary things here at the deadline. They brought over Fraser. That's great. Now your infield is Machado and Tatis still on the left side. And probably Frazier and Cronenworth on the right side. But where does Hosmer go? The guy you're paying a hundred plus million dollars to what? Sit the bench now? It's frustrating. I know Hosmer's been a ground out. He's been grounding out constantly lately. But the dude can still hit. So then do you stick Frazier in the outfield and bench Pham, Grisham or Myers? It's interesting. It wasn't a need for the Padres. I I would like, love to see Frazier Fleur somewhere else. I think he could have had a great spot in a team like Milwaukee. They need some outfield help. But the Padres were the least likely on my list to land him. Is he a phenomenal player? Of course. He's, the in my opinion, a top five second baseman in the MLB right now. But the Padres was a really interesting team to get him, to land him today. So that was today. Also, the Red Sox pull off an improbable comeback, to say the least, against the Yankees today. Domingo Herman he had a no-hitter all the way into the seventh, and then that was gone. So the Red Sox score five runs and end up winning. Five runs in the eighth and end up winning. Otani also hits his 35th, 35th homer. I apologize. And Byron Buxton, the speedy outfielder for the Twins, rejects his extension. So does that mean he wants out? It is just disappointing, to say the least, what has gone on in Minnesota this year. Disappointing. They had aspirations of winning the AL Central. Now they have aspirations of barely contending. They're not even in the conversation for the playoffs. They're not going to be. But it's just disappointing. I really like the move they made with getting Josh Donaldson. I'm like, this is going to put them in the conversation for a pennant. Just this alone. But it... It just hasn't, hasn't helped. Polar Bear Pete also this whole week has just absolutely demolished baseballs. There's that whole thing about the home run derby curse, the home run derby drought. No, Pete didn't like that. In my opinion, I've been a Pete, I've been a, uh, I've been questioning Pete a lot, I should say. He hasn't been phenomenal in regular season games, but he always tears it up at the home run derby. So when I saw him win again, I thought, oh, this is just a fluke. One one more time, it's a fluke. But he is torn it up, destroying all pitching. doesn't matter who you throw at him. It's just been a joy, a joy to watch. Mookie Betts also lands on the injured list and just an injured Dodger team that just is struggling right now, struggling mightily. They need something. They need a spark, and I, I think – For the Dodgers, they got to bring a spark plug over during this deadline, or they're not going to win the division. They're going to be lucky to do anything in the playoffs. Um, They need something. And I know when they get healthy, they're going to be World Series contenders. But it's if they get healthy. And if they get healthy too late is the issue because they got a lot of dudes on the shelf. Also, the key you got to send Bellinger down, you got to send him to the minors, have him fix that swing because it is not working. Not working at all. You can't have a guy in 130, a former MVP. We know Bellinger's great. He's still done great defensively. But Chris Taylor is just carrying the load of that offense, and they're barely scraping by Ws against, like, the Rockies. and And same with the Giants. They're banged up, and everybody's banged up. But when they all get healthy, yeah, they're all going to be World Series contenders. It's just about contending when your dudes are hurt, when your dudes are on the shelf. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's basically all I got for the, for the MLB. I, the Astros stay hot. Some more trade deadline predictions. I see the Giants bringing over a reliever, um, either Richard Rodriguez or Kimbrel or um, maybe even a starter like Tyler Anderson from the Pirates. With the Pirates selling, I mean, obviously, they're selling after getting rid of their best player, but I think the Giants need, I don't think, I know they need a reliever. They need somebody they need Richard Rodriguez they need even Daniel Hudson from the from the Nationals just anyone like that and it's really it's shocking how how good all these teams are it's just the level of play in the MLB all across the board has just increased you've got guys on every team even on teams that are not contending that are insanely talented it's just a joy I I'm like I said in my last podcast the MLB is in the best place it's been for the last 20 years and it's going to continue to be like that so for more trade deadline predictions I see Scherzer staying with the Nationals I thought he was going to go but it doesn't seem like the Nationals are, are trading anyone anytime soon um even though they're probably not gonna make the playoffs this year unless a miracle happens they go on a crazy second half run but I see other guys moving I can see the twins selling maybe Berrios um and yeah, I just think there's going to be some some shocking moves, just like the Frazier one today. That was definitely shocking. So I'll move on to the NFL. A lot of things happened this week, including Devonte Adams and Aaron Rodgers posting a picture of Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen both on their Instagram stories. And my good buddy Loen, who's ah uh, who's from here, said, "Ask me if does this mean it's the last dance?" Now, I do. I think it's the last dance. The Packers have made the NFC Championship two years running, two years in a row. But they've lost both times. And the trust that Aaron Rodgers has with this Packers organization is not great. I don't know if you guys remember, but the Packers had a chance to go for it on fourth down against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to basically put the game away. And as I was watching this game, I see them kick the field goal. And I knew, knowing Tom Brady, the greatest quarterback of all time, He is going to capitalize on that. Matt LaFleur made a mistake. You let your all-pro quarterback, the MVP, go for it in that situation. There's no doubt. You you shouldn't have doubt. He's an MVP, right? You kick the field goal, you get burnt. King gets burnt all game, and you end up losing. Yes, there were penalties both ways, but that right there is what made Aaron Rodgers question his future in Green Bay. I guarantee you that if Matt LaFleur lets him go for it there, even if he doesn't get it, I know you're saying, look at one point, you're looking at one point. No, but it's true. If Matt LaFleur lets him go for it on that one play, this situation of Aaron Rodgers' last dance might not even be a conversation. It might not be. Also, uh, Lohan asked me about Robert Tonian, how I think he fits in this mix. I think he's a Packer to stay for a while. I think he is a building block that they're going to need as a tight end. He's phenomenal. He does it all. And I know, yeah, he's phenomenal with one of the best quarterbacks we've ever seen. But he still has great route running. I think he could really improve on his blocking. I think he's basically a receiver right now. But if he can improve on that blocking, he'll be he'll be great for, for a while. So, yes, I do think it's a last dance with, with Devontae and Aaron Rodgers. But, and I don't see them winning the NFC Championship this year either. So, it's a problem. I think the Packers general manager, I think the Packers ownership, they missed out on a generational talent. They missed out on potential Super Bowl after Super Bowl because they drafted poorly. They didn't go out and get Aaron Rodgers weapons. They would try to improve the defense. And yeah, that's great. But at some point, you have to keep your franchise quarterback with you. And that just didn't happen. So he'll ride it out for one more year, see what happens. And I wish him the best. I wish the Packers the best. But also today, the Vikings signed uh, D.D. Westbrook, who's, who's a pretty solid receiver for the Jaguars. Nothing special, but um, that'll improve that receiving core. And Odo Beckham's coming back from his ACL injury. He's looking great. I saw some film. Um, I'd say he's a little slower, definitely, but that's expected when you're coming off that big of an injury. And the Bengals agree to a four-year, $40 million extension with Sam Hubbard, their D-end. Um, that's great. But the problem with the Bengals is they don't have an O line, and they're going to get destroyed. Joe Burrow's mobility is going to be worse now that he tore ACL. God, just thinking about it, so many terrible injuries from this last season. But you go out and you pick Jamar Chase. And I know you want to pair the two LSU boys together. I, I understand that. But you go out and get Jamar Chase when you have Sewell on the board, who's the best offensive tackle in the the class, it's just beyond me. I don't agree with it. I think that Burrow's going to get destroyed, and I don't think Burrow's going to be phenomenal because you need an offensive line to win games. You need to. And Jamar Chase is phenomenal. Like, he's insane, but it just wasn't the right pick for the Bengals at all. Deshaun Watson also reported to Texans training camp and he's going through the sexual assault charges things. Um, I don't know if he's going to play this year. I know the Texans are going to be bad even if he does play because they have nobody after getting rid of Will Fuller. It was basically the end of that. Um, so if he comes back, he comes back, but they're still going to win five games max, even if he's there. So, uh, we'll see what happens. A lot of other stuff going around in the NFL, but those were the main things for the week. Uh, I can't wait for the season to start. It's about a month from starting. If I were to make predictions, um, I see the Buccaneers still being being phenomenal. They brought everybody back. I see the Patriots taking a big step. I don't think they're going to win the division because of the Bills, but I think they could be a a solid wild card. Um, And I think the Dolphins are still a while away. And in my opinion, two is not the answer. I want them to prove me wrong, um, but I just don't think that. That he's the guy. Unfortunately, I love Tua, but I just don't think he's the guy. Moving on to the NBA, NBA draft is around the corner, and I wanted to focus on the NBA a little bit just because of the draft coming up and the free agency and all that. So, if I were to give you a mock draft of what's going to happen in the NBA in in the NBA draft, I think we all know that Cade Cunningham is going to. Go number one overall. Correct. Cade Cunningham is the consensus number one overall pick to the Detroit Pistons. So that's settled. But when we look down the list of where Mobley's going to go, where Suggs is going to go, I see Houston sitting at two. Now, if I'm Houston, I don't know what I'm going to do. Because Evan Mobley is an elite rim protector, seven feet tall, Seven two wingspan, does it all. But you also have Suggs, who's one of the best scorers in this class. You also have Jalen Green you could pick from. So I think 2, 3, and 4, regardless, regardless, are going to be Mobley, Suggs, or Green. I don't know who's going to pick who. If I were Cleveland, I know I'm picking a scorer because I feel confident with the bigs I have. All the, Cle- all the Cavaliers have is bigs. They have an abundance of big men. So you pick a scorer. I know you have Garland and Sexton. So that's why if Jalen Green is on the board, I want the Cavs to get Jalen Green because I think he'd fit really well with the young core of Sexton, Garland. Then you'd have Green, Chetty Osman, Jared Allen if he stays, Isaac Okoro, like all those guys. But then you also have Toronto. I think Toronto needs, needs a big or a score. We'll see what happens. I think they could go either way. Uh, I really like Pascal Siakam, so I think he should stay there. He's had a rough year. People call him a fidget spinner and stuff, which is hilarious. But I think he should stay there. Um, And I think you could easily get a big. I think they need a big. So if Mobley is on the board at four, which I don't see him being on the board, I see Houston taking him. So that means Toronto should get Suggs. So either way, I think Cleveland gets green no matter what. I don't care if Mobley is not on the board. You get green. And for Houston and Toronto, they can be interchangeable whether they get Suggs or Mobley. And then moving down, moving down the list, Orlando, I can see them going with Scotty Barnes from Florida State. I really like his upside. He's basically a Ben Simmons who can shoot a little better. And then OKC, interested to see. I can see uh, Knight going there. I really like his upside. Kaminga, possibly Moses Moody. I think I'd love for the Warriors to get Moses Booty if they don't trade that pick, but the Warriors were in discussions with Bradley Beal, the second best scorer in the NBA last season, and they have the pieces for him. In my opinion, as a Warriors fan, I wouldn't like this move that much, but I would like it. I think if you put three of the best scorers in the league together, you're going to win a lot of games. But the defense would be a concern. You do have that anchor in Draymond Green. But if you get Beal, you're going to have to give up probably Wiseman, Wiggins, and, and the two picks at 7-14. and 14. This would be the right move because Draymond, Clay, and Steph both said they want a star. You want to maximize the primes of these guys. Steph is in his prime still. It might even be his second prime from when he won unanimous MVP. This could be his second prime. But you have to maximize this. And if your stars want a star, you get them a star. You do. And there's no questions about it. So I see, I don't know what Beal's going to do. I really don't. I don't even have a hint. At the moment, Bradley Beal would stay in in, uh, Washington. And according to Adrian Wojnarowski, who's one of my favorite NBA guys, he said that he's going to be staying there as of now. And that the Warriors are going to actually pick at 7-14. So if the Warriors pick a 7-14, and 14, I could see them going with possibly Kaminga or Moody or uh, Davion Mitchell from Baylor. And then maybe at 14, they could pick a guy like Corey Kispert from Gonzaga to shoot the ball. But they also have the pieces like Nico Mannion coming off the bench. He's been phenomenal for Italy in the Olympics qualifiers and uh, right now. So really interested for that. A couple of my buddies asked what I think the Lakers are going to do. I think that the Lakers need Kyle Lowry or DeMar DeRozan because LeBron James isn't, even though he's still a top five player in the league, in my opinion, he's still the second best player in the NBA. He's not the young LeBron that can play 40 minutes a game and score 30, 10, and 5. He needs more stars around him, and he needs Anthony Davis to stay healthy. So if you're the Lakers, you you get DeMar DeRozan or Kyle Lowry and you get rid of Schroeder, you get rid of Kuzma, Um, And you could even get rid of Montrose Harrell because he really disappointed last season. If I were to make a finals prediction at the moment, I'd probably say Warriors Nets or Lakers Nets. I think those are really the the two. It'll be interesting though, um, and I can't wait for it it all to unfold, especially uh, during free agency. So, really excited. I hope that the Sixers also get a point guard, whether it's Dame or Kyle Lowry. They need somebody because I really, really want them to succeed. I think they have they have a the second best center in the NBA, one of the best forces in the NBA in Joel Embiid. You got to maximize that dude's prime. And Ben Simmons with him is just not going to cut it, as I've said numerous times. Moving on to the darts, actually. Uh, I know most of you guys don't watch it, but the world match play today was today, which is the second biggest tournament in the PDC. And Peter Wright uh, defeated Dmitry Vandenberg 18-9 to in the final. Uh, basically dominated all the way through. Averaged 105, which, to put it into perspective, that's like a dude scoring 40 points in a game. Like, it's just really phenomenal. And he got the win. So, congrats to Peter there. I was really proud of him for that. Um, and now he's only the fourth player, I believe to win the World Match Play and the World Championship, which are the two biggest tournaments in the PDC. I'm going to finish it off with the Olympics, which is delayed by a year, but it's still just as good, even though there's no fans. I've been watching the Olympics a lot the last couple days. Skateboarding, cycling. I, I even watched the basketball game today, which was rather embarrassing. Um, if you guys didn't know, USA lost in their first group play match against France, but France does have a lot of good NBA players. Rudy Gobert, Evan Fournier, Nicholas Batum. But when they step on that Olympic floor, even Damian Lillard said it, they turn into different animals. When they're playing for their country, they turn into different players. Fournier, Gobert, and Batum are all role players basically in the NBA. I mean, Gobert's a star. He, he's phenomenal for the Jazz, but but and i mean most of them are role players let's just say that so the olympics have been great uh the opening ceremonies wow they were just phenomenal um great production a lot of technology a lot of modern day stuff so really intrigued by that i'm excited that they added baseball to the olympics they added skateboarding to the olympics they added some other stuff i think three-on-three basketball or something like that but um yeah, it's been it's been a show. I'm excited that for the cycling that they get fans cuz it's just on an open road, but um yeah, I really wish there were fans there. It makes it that much more exciting, but you could see how much the players value it. They value playing for their country. It's kind of like a a pride thing. They want to show out for the people that support them most. The last thing I wanted to say was if you guys want me to start covering hockey a little more, I can do some research. I'm a sharks guy myself. I'm a just a Bay Area everything because my dad's from there. But um, I can I can get more into hockey. I, I'm pretty familiar with it. I know the top guys, um, Crosby, Ovechkin. You know, list goes on. But I'm not I'm not as good at hockey as I am with baseball, basketball, and football. But if you guys want more hockey, just let me know. Um, and I, it was just a pleasure talking to you once again. Uh, if I missed anything on this podcast, let me know. But It was a pleasure. Um, Thank you guys so much for listening, and I hope you guys continue to follow. Peace.